How's it going, everybody? This is Jan Michael Vincent, and I'm back. We're recording the commentary here for part two of the pilot episode, Shadow of the Hawk. Now, where we left off last week, the British-sounding guy stole Airwolf, a high-tech helicopter, and he was using it for nefarious reasons, basically getting involved in Libya's civil war. And the firm, the people who built Airwolf, well, they came to find my character named Stringfella, an ex-pilot. They tried to convince me to get back in the game and hunt down Airwolf and the funny, funny-sounding British guy. So that's where we left off. Now I'm going to press play here on the... Uh, episode so you should too there we go there's the title airwolf that's me i'm jan michael vincent alex cord still an asshole and good old ernie borgnine that was don he's the guy who made the show now these are the same this is the same valley i mean basically these are the exact same shots from the last episode. Just kind of use those again to save money. You don't, you know, don't need to go out there and shoot it again. That's the same newt or gecko or whatever it might be. I mean, that is the exact same shot. Now, there's the same eagle from the first episode. Now, I got a sort of a sad story about him. I found out at the rap party that about a week after we filmed this scene that Bald Eagle was shot by a couple of hunters and they ended up selling the carcass to a local diner and well, it was that night special. So that's kind of a sad story. It's a little bit about sort of similar to when you read about the whale from Free Willy and what an utter fucking shit show that guy went through after the movie. I won't go through it here, but you should look it up sometime on the internet. That's Belinda Bauer. She wanted me bad, hardcore. I'm a good-looking man. There's no way around it. Whoa, did you see that fish? That was cool. She likes my plan. That was yeah, it was. This is uh, what we call a metaphor. I'm talking about the eagle, but what I really mean is Belinda Bauer and her character. That dog, by the way, had the stinkiest breath. I mean, it smelled like a dead animal. Friendly dog, though, and did a lot of tricks, but stinky breath. I mean, look at the hog on him, too. Jesus Christ, it's almost X-rated. <clears throat> Old EB. Look at that, dog won't move. Uh, that's a good bit. Well, this is a good bit right here. See, Airwolf was an action movie, or action television show, I'm sorry. Primarily, but we would filter in some comedy, you know, from time to time. Hey. Oh, 
I was supposed to have the line there and I completely forgot it. So whenever I couldn't remember a line, I found it helpful to just walk off camera. No, that I wasn't supposed to say anything. I just made that up on the spot. Don cursed and cursed, but every time we tried to get that shot, I just started talking. This scene is fun because in real life, Ernest Borgnine had an enormous appetite. I remember one time we were drunk and flying down La Brea Avenue. I decided to pull over and we'd go to Pink's Hot Dogs. and Ernie ate 29 hot dogs in one sitting. He was trying to get to 30 and uh, ended up barfing all over uh, La Brea Avenue. So I had a tough time with that last line, and the sort of walking to the door and saying my line and pausing and saying another one. And we had to do 325 takes, and uh, finally got it right there at the end. The whole crew started clapping, but they were also exhausted. but Ernest Borgnine just said the word drunk and I feel like I'm having a little sip of beer. God, that tastes like freedom. Oh, um, I'm so sorry. I haven't just realized I haven't said anything in about a minute or so, but I've been transfixed by these helicopter flying scenes. I mean, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's the beer, if it's the high altitude of heaven. But uh, that, just, that, that was an ethereal feeling, what happened there. I'm trying to remember where I was right there. A lot of people, you can't see it because it's below the camera, but I had puke on my shoes. Well, suck me sideways because here we got to sit through another commercial. I'm going to go in silence that for a minute. Um, do you have any questions about the show? I'm aware this is uh, not filmed live, so... What you can do is leave a comment on any of the uh, 
on the YouTube or the SoundCloud. And I'll answer it eventually. Anybody else think those State Farm commercials are pretty funny? Okay, commercials over. Here we go. And we were just as close, you know, off camera as we were on. I just, I can't, I can't get over how good of a guy he was. And, you know, I'm glad he's dead, I'm dead. So we're both up here in heaven. And we're just having a hell of a time. I was supposed to have a line there. As you can guess, any weird beat, weird pause you see, it's because old Jan Michael just couldn't remember what the fuck he was supposed to say. Really, that dog actually could prepare its own meals. It was weird. We decided to work it into the script. And who is an American badass? Jan Michael Vincent. We practice that punch. They bring out what they call a combat instructor. And he's supposed to teach you how to throw a screen punch. And, you know, I thought it'd be funny if I just really reached back and hit Alex Cord. And uh, he did not appreciate that. In fact, he went to see the doctor at the hospital because he... Thought he might have broken his uh, his uh, cheekbone there, and that caused a whole half day of delays. And everyone was actually very mad that I did that, but it looked real good on camera. And you know, at the end of the day, that's what truly matters. I may be biased because I'm talking about myself, but am I not the total package right here? Look at those biceps. I could crush a beer can in between them, and I did. I got nice pectorials, swimmer shoulders. I mean, I just, that is one hell of a body. And you can't see down below, but I got nice strong legs. Funny story, I actually lost one of my legs and got amputated. Due to my drinking problem. I, well, it's not a f- funny story. It's a more of a ironic story. Because I was in such good shape. But they... Uh, drinking, it doesn't matter. I mean, you drink enough after a while. You could have the perfect body. But after a while, you'll... You'll reap the benefits. No, they're not benefits. I'm sorry. You will... Ah, fuck it. If you got a problem, don't drink. Speaking of.
So I think what you're supposed to gleam from this uh, scene is that he's going to ask her out and court her, and hopefully romance stems from that. Now, here's a little thing about screen kissing. We talked about screen punching, but screen kissing is just as tricky. Um, just like the punch, I found it better to just do the real thing. And Belinda was a real uh, trooper. She was okay with it. And she gave as good as she got. I mean, you know, she snuck a tongue in there once or twice. And, you know, I don't blame her. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't she do that? It's She's getting to kiss Jan Michael Vincent. There's a photo of Louis Anderson there in the black and white on the top. And then I think a, below that's a woman in Vietnam. I never noticed this, but uh, I have stains on my suit. Anybody else seeing that? That is disgusting. Here I am. Supposed to look like a 1980s Humphrey Bogart and I got a goddamn stain on my suit. So this is a whole setup. He's trying to find Airwolf. She knows that the guy who's got it likes her. They're all in this strip club together, which is odd. There's a cut scene. It's actually a scene that I conceived of. And to Don's credit, he shot it. They did the whole shebang. But I thought it would be really funny if uh, you have a shot outside of the club and people coming in and stuff and there's valet parking. And like one of the valets takes away a Lamborghini, you know. And, and then there's one more valet guy and he's looking for a car to park. And suddenly the airwolf, like the wind starts picking up, you know what I mean? You follow, You see what I'm going with it. The, the English sounding guy brought Airwolf to the burlesque joint and now he's parking it with valet and just, you, you never see it, but like the wind picks up and the valet looks up and goes, where am I going to put that? You know what I mean? Like I, I wrote the whole scene, uh, the night before at the bar, I cornered Don on set and I said, uh, Hey, here's the scene. I told him all about it. Basically, you know, the joke. And he was unsure, and I said, how about this? You film it, or I'll, I'll beat the living hell out of you. Because, uh, you know, I was, had, I was still a little buzzard from the night before. And uh, Anyway, he assembled the crew. We shot it. Uh, half a day of shooting, and uh, I thought it worked. Don thought it didn't work in the uh, narrative here, but... See, it would have just been right over there. I don't know. Funny scene, but... Uh... I mean, I said it before, but this whole 
episode has a real Casablanca feel, wouldn't you think? I mean, I guess I'm sort of a Humphrey Bogart slash Harrison Ford slash Carl Weathers slash Albert Einstein type. It was a fun day to show up and there was a couple camels. They're weirder in real life, but I mean, uh, they let me ride one of them. You know, sat between the humps and they uh, carted me around the set and they spit a lot. A lot of people don't know that, but camels uh, spit. This is a funny visual bit, but what's going on here is, you know, there's a two shot of us. Now there's a two shot of the camel. I mean, that's, it's uh, Abbott and Costello-esque, I guess you would say. Well, here we go with another commercial. Let's go ahead and mute that again. I mean, what would you say? How often a cell phone commercial plays on goddamn television? I mean, who doesn't have a phone at this point? I feel like every other commercial is for a fucking cell phone. So anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far, the audio commentary. Going to try and do all these episodes before I got to pay for the Peacock. Because again, they want me to do it, but they don't want to give me a free subscription. I mean, that is just outrageous. These huge conglomerates couldn't afford to give a poor dead guy the password. Okay, here we go. It's... uh. Now, the guy in this scene, I can't remember his name, but uh, I helped him get the gig because I saw him perform uh, Waiting for Godot at uh, a little out of winery in Santa Barbara back in, I think, 76 or 77 or something. And, <clears throat> you know, he was just, he was captivating as uh, one of the guys waiting for Godot. And it was also a very good winery. I remember they had uh, about the best mozzarella sticks I'd ever had in my life. That's some footage. That cost a lot of money to shoot. Because we had to go to the warship and... You know, time it for the jets to go off.
Well, I would say this is a classic woman in peril. I mean, this is a, a motif, a trope that dates back to the beginning of cinema. You would see the woman tied to the railroad tracks and the guy with the long mustache is twirling it. And you know, it was still working in 1984, so eventually, I, you know, no spoiler alert, but I'll Saber. It's a couple of crazy Americans. Oh, I got a newsie right here. We're about to fuck some shit up. I gave you 10 bucks if you can guess this guy's ethnicity. I mean, he's supposed to be Libyan. I think he just spoke Spanish. What do I know? And he looks like an Armenian. He was a local casting in Glendale. He's smelling her hair like a gentleman who just won the presidency of the United States. He was a, He's a hair sniffer. Yeah, that was a story in the news for a day, wasn't it? And it just kind of went away. There are better ways to get a tan. Oh man, he just smacked her right in the face with the rope. I wonder if he did that on purpose. That would be some good behind the scenes not you know, info I could drop for you, but you know, I have to wait for him to die and come up here and I can ask him, but 
We're already recording, so. Now, the Uzi was a popular gun in uh, rap songs. And you would often hear it either rhymed with or uh, in the same verse of, uh, of a girl named Susie. Seemed like in the 80s in hip hop, a lot of women named Susie uh, carried around submachine Uzis. Yep, you, you guys are about to get Jan Michaeled. Oof, she is in rough shape. That is, uh, for, uh, foreman on her face is a sun bubble. So when you get sun poisoning, you start getting uh, these blisters. And I I got it once. Vacation in, in Daytona Beach. You can guess it. I got drunk on the beach. Fell asleep. Was in the sun for about eight and a half, nine hours. Just baked. You know, as, as red as menstrual blood and... Sure enough, I had all these painful uh, blisters on my body and ended up spending the rest of that vacation in the hospital. Which is usually how my vacations end up. Now that scene feels weird because my character's not saying anything. But that w- actually wasn't me in that first couple of scenes. Boom! Kick, kick, punch. Fuck you up. You got Jan Michaeled. But uh, those wide shots, that wasn't even me. I was MIA that day and they ended up putting the key grip in my cl- costume and just filming those scenes. And when I finally was located, you know, they had to shoot the rest of the scene. guys are dead this aired on regular old TV at 8pm usually it's got to be a school shooting to see that kind of firepower but you know an airwolf it's just a regular old thing 
I don't even know what that means. I wanted to do a school shooting joke and, uh, you know, occasionally Jan Michael's just gonna, you know, shoehorn in some bits and jokes and I'm doing this on the fly, so they're not all gonna make sense or, you know, be funny. So here I come to the rescue. Now I remember we went out to Death Valley to shoot this section, and uh, as you can get, it was really hot. It was about 125 degrees, and I mean that'll dry you right out, and uh, especially if you're like me and you only drink five glasses of water a year and relied on booze to fueled myself, uh, you know, I can tell you that this was a tough shoot, tough shoot, real tough shoot, I was good for about 10 minutes, we'd shoot the scene and then I'd immediately pass out and they'd have to give me IV treatments and I remember one point they had to use the paddles, but all that being said, I think I turned in a hell of a performance here. And Belinda turns in a hell of a performance. I mean, I really do believe that she's a whore dying of, you know, heat exhaustion and exposure. I mean, this is just a goddamn tender scene. Yeah, look at that. I mean, that's... Again, I'm biased, but that's good acting. You know, Don asked if I could cry for the scene, but again, I was dried out. I mean, there wasn't anything inside me because of that heat. A lot of tricks actors use is they think of something sad. And then that, that, that helps convey their emotions on screen. And in that moment, I was thinking about some money I lost on a Detroit Tigers game. And it was a substantial sum of money, even for a 80s TV star. I mean, it's just Airwolf in action right here. I'd say Don did a hell of a job shooting all this stuff. This is, uh... You know, this is, uh... Cinematic, and it, it's exciting, and... It might not say better than Dunkirk, which came out a few years ago while I was still alive, and I got to see for free, uh... At the SAG... Members with disabilities uh, screening. 
Because I had lost my leg due to drinking. And frankly, I didn't care for Dunkirk. I thought it was a bunch of British Nancy boys running around and... Everyone knows America won World War II. So this is almost like a music video. I mean, it's almost like the narrative stopped and... It's rare to go that long without any dialogue in a TV show. And I'm not even one for dialogue. I'd, I'd rather not ever say anything, but... I'm just saying this seems a little odd. I mean, that's the same shot. You just used the same shot of that guy driving twice. You can tell me this helicopter hasn't caught up to that fucking piece of shit Jeep. That's some more stock footage. <laughs> I mean, it could be more obvious. It's like, wouldn't you think that Stringfella and Ernest Borgnine would be talking back and forth like, hey, a missile's coming at us? Yeah, I gotta be honest. I wish... I wish I was more critical when I was alive doing the show. I mean, I just feel like I should have, as the star, should have said, raised some concern. I mean, this is ridiculous. But I didn't, I didn't really, I, you know, I just saw myself as an actor and all around playboy. And so I didn't really uh, ever, to be honest, I never, this is the first time I've ever seen this episode. I didn't even watch the own show I was in. So he clearly thinks that Airwolf got blown up. But, you know, obviously, I don't think I'm ruining things for anybody, but that's not the truth. See? There we are. We're back. I'm going to squint, look real mean, and blow him away. Yeah, I'm sorry not to be critical again, but did he think that that little revolver was going to do anything? I mean, I let's let's not even consider that Airwolf has, you know, bulletproof uh, a bulletproof exterior. I mean, that revolver wasn't even within range. I mean, it's not like you could just shoot across the desert with a fucking six shooter. Anyway, I blasted him away. Now, a funny story. That reminds me of a time I was in the hospital uh, near death after one of my many car accidents that I got into because of uh, boozing. And they had to give me pain medication to keep me alive. And I remember just, I kept pumping for it, you know what I mean? Just kept clicking away. And they'd give me a, give me another shot of morphine or whatever they give you when you uh, get drunk and crash your Porsche into the Chateau Marmot. But yeah, I just, I kept clicking away just like Stringfellow was clicking for the missiles. I was clicking for another shot of painkiller. You know, just, I don't want to repeat myself, but I'm, over the course of all these episodes, I'll probably be talking about a lot. Because I got into a lot of car accidents. I mean, a lot. I totaled... I mean, I think I totaled four different Buick LeSabres. And, uh... You know, again, Jan Michael used to tie one on and just... Put pedal to the metal and just drive down Sunset or La Brea or Melrose or around a school or wherever. It didn't matter. I was just... I was drunk driving everywhere. And I crashed a lot of cars. In fact, I didn't even 
someone once asked me about it when I was alive. I didn't even recall it. I mean, you can look that up on my Wikipedia. I had a complete blank spot about one of my car crashes. Yeah. Sometimes, like, you know, that's my school of acting. Just sometimes you just need one line. So you can say it to a dog. It conveys a lot of emotion. My paintings are back. My Van Gogh's. I'm having fond memories of that sweater. I, uh, one thing I had in my contract was I could keep my wardrobe, and NBC honored that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I got really nice sweaters like this one. Now, usually I did that because as soon as they yelled cut, I just walked off the set and walked right to the bar to drink myself to death, and I just could not waste time taking off my costume so you know they had to just allow me to keep it but again sometimes I mean I really really uh, got the good end of the deal because that is that is a fine L.L. Bean sweater So he's just setting up the entire series right there. They, NBC had to tell me to think about it. I remember we had tense negotiations because, uh, again, I wanted to... I had a lot of things on uh, my desk that I wanted to do, like CEO, chief executive officer, and some other pictures like that. And they were offering me... Uh, I thought they were lowballing me, to be honest. And You know, I said, who do you think the fuck I am? Ken Wall? I'm, I'm Jan Michael Vincent. You know, you pay me Jan Michael Vincent money. And they they added another zero and then said, you know, think about it. And I thought about how much Jameson I could buy with just, you know, one episode of salary. And so I came back to the table and that's why I signed on to the show, you know. I mean, that is the second emotional scene I give in 10 minutes I mean I was I was a better actor than I think people remember 
Most people just remember that I got drunk and had my leg amputated. But, and those things are true. Those things definitely happened. But I was also a pretty damn good actor. Now that's a different eagle that we shot because again the first eagle was uh, blown out of the sky by a couple hunters. This one, I, I don't know what happened to this one. I'm assuming it lived a long bald eagle life but hey, it might have gotten hit by hunters too. That was a thing in the 80s. A lot of people don't remember. But uh, we had to stop American eagle hunting. I mean people went out and shot an American eagle. Very patriotic people, too. It's always a little, you know, a little queer. And I don't mean homosexual. I mean, like, it's just a weird thing that somebody who considered themselves so patriotic would shoot the American eagle. But people were picking them out, you know, right out of the trees, right out of the sky. That's a beautiful shot of me. Don, you did a hell of a job. I mean, there was one section that, uh, kind of stunk that long montage but uh what you don't even go through the credits all right that was the uh okay i guess peacock said i'm done watching that well that was uh part two of the pilot episode and thanks for watching along and we'll be back with uh episode two i guess or episode three i don't know what the hell that would even be called but next episode called daddy's gone hunting that's the real title of it, and I'm the daddy they're referring to is me, of course, and uh, I go hunting. So, uh, yeah, until then, you know, just keep cool, man, and, uh, you know, uh, hang ten, and, you know, slap me ten, and all stuff like that. But I'm J. Michael Vincent, and I'll, uh, I'll be seeing you.